This is John Carlo Volpe, producer of Green Lantern, the animated series, and you're listening to Across the Airwaves. Meanwhile, at the DC Nation, we are tonight's <laughs> entertainment. Here on the world, freezes in the None of the Robins ever complained. You're going to melt just like a cheese sandwich. And show you just how powerful I really am. Always hold on to all this. Let no evil should escape my sight. Let those who worship evils might be where my power green lantern But let the universe howl in despair, for I have returned. We have no more use for this one. Kill him. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Across the Airways, DC Nation podcast. The only place so far on the internet to find podcast reviews on Green Lantern, the animated series, Young Justice, and all the other imaginative content DC Comics provides for its fans, including comic books, Brian K. Miller's Smallville Scene 11, and movies. I'm, of course, Dan Schmidt, your host, and with me is the most infamous member of our Across the Airways core, our very own... Michael J. Petty. Can Michael, can you give the titles of the episodes and shorts we are covering today on this exciting, action-packed episode? Absolutely, Dan. On this week's DC Nation podcast, we will be covering Green Lantern, the animated series, episode 21, Babel. After that, we will be covering a new DC Nation short, Amethyst Level 4, The Turquoise Cave, Followed by Young Justice Invasion, Season 2, Episode 15, War. And we will finish it off with Smallville Season 11, Issue 33, Haunted Chapter 7. And before we get into all of that, we have a favorite section of everyone's. News with Nico, hosted oh. by Michael. Wait, wait, wait. That, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it's news. And that's started but- done by Nico, but... You're doing the news. Well, yes, but okay. All right. All right. So would um, you rather prefer DC Nation headlines? Ooh, that might work. I don't know. I like that. So this is going to be a news section hosted by Michael called DC Nation Headlines. A new section on the DC Nation section of Across the Airways. Exactly. The, the DC Nation podcast. Right. Yes. Good morning, Metropolis. I'm your host, Lois Lane. And I'm your co-host, Clark Kent. Okay, so this week is was filled with um, some very interesting news for DC Comics fans, especially fans of uh, Green Lantern, the animated series, and Smallville, season 11. Yes. And actually, it's more Green Lantern comic books than Green Lantern, the animated series. But um, shocking news. After 10 years of writing the book, Jeff Johns is actually leaving Green Lantern after issue 20. Okay, this doesn't really surprise me, though. Surprises me a little bit. I didn't think he was going to leave in this year. I thought we were going to get a good few more stories in New 52, and then he'd leave. Yeah. But apparently issue 20 is this big, giant 64-page issue or something. Wow. Yeah, he deserves that. Oh, I agree. Uh, But we did also talk about how we thought that he had spread himself too thin recently. Yeah, he said this way he's going to be able to work on Justice League, Justice League of America, and Aquaman a lot easier. 
at maybe movies. Well, hopefully he'll start helping write Justice League and then possibly um, more Arrow episodes, too. Yeah, that's true. Because he's doing a new episode of Arrow, and it's coming in a few weeks. And it features the return of Deadshot and China White. That's pretty awesome. Even though China White's going to be on this week's episode. So if you want more on that, listen to the next episode of Longbow Hunters. Yeah, but China White's been a reoccurring villain, so... And I like that, yeah. because it makes her a lot more interesting than in the four issues of Green Arrow we saw her in, in the past. Yeah. It's actually a lot cooler. Because she had a yeah, cool fight so with... he's leaving. Yeah. She had a but cool no fight with things. who? With she Oliver? She had a pretty cool fight with Oliver at her first appearance. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. And wasn't she in the Huntress episode, too? Yes. See, her fighting a Huntress would be cool. Okay, we may get that down the road. That would be awesome. But, um, yeah, so it's it's sad that Jeff Johns is leaving Green Lantern. And, in fact, it's not just Jeff Johns. Everyone on each respected Lantern title is leaving. Oh, that's unfortunate. So they're getting rid of their whole creative team, which is which is really sad. Because Including the artists? I don't know about the artists. Okay. I, I don't know about the artists. But, yeah, so... It's kind of sad because a lot of these guys have been with these titles for a very long time, with it's the exception of Red Lantern. Yeah. So it, it it's really sad to see them all go. It's it, it's even more sad because Green Lantern and the Animated Series is ending around that time as well. Yeah. So everything we know and love about Green Lantern is ending all at once. But maybe some of those writers working on the Animated Series will get the opportunity to work on the comic books. That w- it, See, if that's what they're uh-huh. doing... And they're making room for them. I, that would be very. I'd be very impressed with DC. I'd like that a lot. It'd be a very classy move. It would be. Yeah. Stay classy, San Diego. Right. But um, on to my second piece of news, real quick. The new title and some new information about the next uh, chapter, or I guess episode of Smallville, is coming out. And the new episode is Argo. Argo. Yeah, can you believe it after oh, we had no. just seen that movie? <laughs> but but guess what? I bet you didn't expect this. Booster Gold and the Legion and Superman in the future. Nice. So I, I look forward to that because that'll help me reminisce about old Legion of Superheroes animated series days. It, it's probably going to somehow slip in that uh, line from Argo, the famous line from the movie. That would be amazing. If, if Booster just said that, that'd be awesome. Argo, flip yourself. Exactly. You know, Argo, or Argo, frack yourself. No, it'd be flip because of that, that line of the Justice League episode. It's oh, like yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. I could, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I look forward to this arc, though, because the cover looks really cool. It's uh, Superman and Booster on a Legion building with all these ships flying above them. That's pretty sweet. It looks pretty sweet. The coloring for it hasn't even been done yet. It's only in black and white. Nice. Nice. And then we also have the news that... So will we get cameos from Legion characters? I would assume so. I'd assume the three main Legion that we saw, Brainiac 5 probably, maybe even Supergirl. Very cool. Yeah, I'd like to see her back. Yeah. But for various reasons. Um and then final piece of Smallville news, 
uh, since Effigy has been doing so well, DC decided to actually release it into the print. So they're doing Smallville Season 11 special number one. Nice. And apparently they're going to be doing specials, I think, for each parallel story. So that should make you happy. That makes me very happy because Effigy now will be in one print collection. And I guess every parallel story will be after that. So that'll be nice. It'll be nice to have two Smallville Smallville things every few months. Every issue. Very, very nice. prints. So, yeah. Nice. It's an exciting time to be a Smallville fan and a sad time to be a Green Lantern fan, but also very exciting. Sweet. Yep. And, and I hope you are – I'm in on getting the print as well. Uh, yes. Nice. Yes. Nice. I think that's like a few bucks extra, but I don't really care. Okay. <laughs> so you'll get we'll, it. We'll work it out. Okay. Yes. Nice. Don't, don't worry about that. So, yeah. Those, that's our news, I guess, of the week. Our big DC Nation news. So Yes, stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> I mean, you got the Ron Burgundy there, and it's news, so it's fitting. <laughs> yes. And Anchorman 2 coming to theaters this summer. Is it this summer? Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. I cannot wait. That will be fun. That will be very fun. All right, so with that, we're going to dive into this. Green Lantern, the animated series episode. That was kind of fun. You know, it kind of had this, like, Anchorman news team getting into trouble kind of vibe. It was a lot of fun. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And it was called Babel. How Kilowagan Razor must learn to communicate after they've been stranded on a planet without their rings and can no longer understand one another's native tongues. When I read this summary on my DVR before watching this episode, it said something about the crew of the Interceptor no longer being able to understand one another's native tongues. And when I saw this, I got excited because I thought the communication issues were going to be caused by them crashing onto the Indigo Lantern's homeworld known as Prison Planet Knock. Can the presence of the Indigo power battery had an effect on the planet where Hal Kilowog and Razor really could only speak in knocks, which is their language. The Indigo Lanterns can only speak by saying knock for everything. Knock and Evans here. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> that sums it up. So, Michael, with this episode having a title like Babel, did you think it was it indicated that we were going to see Good to go, Lanterns? Or were you expecting what this episode turned out to be? Which was the crew of the Interceptor, their rigs running out of power, and that causing them not to be able to understand each other anymore. In all honesty, I was really expecting the latter. I I didn't think we'd see Indigo Lanterns, especially this season, because we've seen no previews of them. Right. I mean, I, I hope we're surprised and we see them at the end. That would be awesome. But I unfortunately don't think they're going to get that far with the series. Bummer. But um, I know it is a bummer. Season two or a comic book. Um, yeah. Or just continue it in the Green Lantern title, whoever's writing it next. Thank you. Right. But I I didn't think the rings were going to lose out of lose power. I thought they were going to get them taken away by someone with orange power or yellow powered rocks like uh yeah. the spider guild i thought they were going to take him away or something i like this better it made more sense i agree because it tied in better to what happened to them last week mm-hmm. it was kind of like the dark aya knocked their powers out 
Dar we should call her Darthaya. 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 Yeah, she was, she's kind of went dark side like a Seth. Yeah. She's fallen to the dark side. At least she hasn't killed younglings yet. 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 <laughs> there oh, will no. be no redemption after that, so don't let her kill younglings. No. If there aren't really any younglings in the Green Lantern Corps. Except for Cairo. Do you know I have to... Yeah, well, that's true. But he's in the future. So yeah, he's yeah, so he's good. He's safe. That's resolved by that time. <laughs> well, it's not even the same universe. I don't think we have to worry about that. But you're you're making me have flashbacks on that scene in uh, Star Wars. The run to the Sith. When that, okay. when that kid comes out and goes, Master Skywalker, what are you doing? Because then he pulls out the lightsaber. And I'm like, oh, that scarred me for life. It's speaking of Star Wars, did this huh. not have like a Star Wars feel to it? This episode, especially when they went to the gladiator place, like I thought I was watching Return of the Jedi. Yes, but we'll get to that in a little bit. All right. Yes, because I, I I did have some two more things to say before we got there. Um, and you know I was, I mean I was disappointed we didn't get to see it in the Go Lanterns. Again, it wasn't in, I guess the cards. Because Michael said. Or the rings. Right, or the rings, yes. <laughs> but that's going another direction. We don't we don't want to go into there. We've already done Star Wars. Guess we'll throw Lord of the Rings as well there. But even though I was disappointed about that, I can't classify this episode as disappointing. I mean, it can be classified as filler, since it was about hell and the gang getting back in the fight against Dark Aya. But it was certainly entertaining filler. Because I felt this episode sucked us into the story with a harrowing and incredibly well-animated crash landing revolving around Razor having the crazy idea to power the ship with his red lantern ring. I don't know about you, Michael, but this scene totally had a Ghostbusters don't cross the streams vibe to it that left me quite amused. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I mean, what did you think of it? I liked it a lot. Yeah. I thought it worked. And I, I do, I, I like that reference. Ghostbusters reference. That's good. Well, I loved it how Razor kept giving this speech like they're all going to blow up. <laughs> and they're like, don't give that speech. <laughs> yes. Don't, don't think. Yes. Don't think about anything. Yeah, and really, I mean, since the show has come back from hiatus... The show has been very heavy, got the overarching story in space battles, which, I mean, have been great. But this episode, like with the moment where Razor was going to give this big speech before they all blew up, um, I felt this episode gave us a nice change of pace by using the filler plot line to set up fun character moments, like Kilowog singing the Green Lantern Corps' marching song. Yes. Razor revealing that he carries a crap ton of weapons. Yes. Which is kind of chilling. And Hal trying to explain to the aliens who were fascinated by the picture of Carol Ferris on his phone that they couldn't have her. <laughs> just... Yeah, I, yeah, it was a lot. The Razor thing, I think, was my favorite. Yeah. Just because he kept pull It was like that scene in Pirates of the Caribbean 3 where Elizabeth is pulling out all the weapons. Yes. And then they're like, no, remove. Okay. I thought, I thought the goblin things were going to go remove. 
Go oh, yes. <laughs> and I love but, it. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, but yeah, the Kilowog boot camp song that was great, especially when Hal started singing at the end about Aliapa's face. Yes, that was awesome. Like way to diss that little blue Smurf. Yes, that was good. And then Kilowog's like, "That doesn't even rot." It doesn't in my planet. Yeah. Go on. The other part that was really funny was when um, they first like can't understand Kilowog. Kind of Hal starts talking to him like he's an idiot. Yeah. Like he kind of pulls that that rush hour. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Kind of thing on him. Yes. And then Kilowog calls him Poozer. That was great. Yes, that was just really fun. It sounds pretty much the same in his language. I guess there's no Earth word for it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I felt that I always believed that was a word in his language that he used. Oh, yeah. Yes. It just doesn't translate, so that's cool. In addition, I felt that we were kind of able to look at the filler aspects of this episode with what I call graduation goggles. Or in other words, we were able to like accept these filler moments better because the show is on its way towards being canceled. Got these fun character moments with Hal. Kilowog and Razor gave us an opportunity to, I guess, savor the time we had left with each of these lovable characters. So, Michael, did you think we were looking at this episode with graduation goggles? Because that's why we enjoyed it, kind of got a laugh out of it so much? Or was it just, I mean, not as good as it appeared? I think it was as good as it appeared. I mean, yeah, I, I had no problems with the episode at all, really. I mean, it, yes, it may have been a filler episode just to fill time, but I think we needed something like that for the remaining episodes because, ooh, yeah, I mean, there are only four more episodes left, or no, five more episodes left now. Right. And I think we needed that one nice humorous episode with the original three characters because, yes, Aya was an original character, but the, for the first four, she didn't have a body, so she didn't do much. Right. So I thought that was nice. Yeah, I do. I think it was a good time, and I think it kind of created this bonding between the three characters, so I think they can help each other face Dark Aya at the end. Right. Because that's how it's going to end. We don't know. If that's how it's going to end, yeah. And for me, I... Yeah. Well, for me, I was a little shaky um, on if it was a good idea for me to say that this was a good episode, even though it was filler. But then I looked at some reviews called IGN and a few other sites. They all seem to feel the same way. They all had a good time with this episode. Well, I mean, and if you feel good about an episode, regardless of what people say, <sighs> then just have fun with it. Like, there's a movie out there that I really like and inspires me uh, in what I want to do called Van Helsing. and only has like a 63% rotten rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I, ha- I hate Rotten Tomatoes because it never judges anything accurately and it allows normal people who just don't like it to review it. Yeah, right, exactly. So, I mean, if you enjoy it, stand up for it because you like it. I mean, that's what I'm doing. Well, that was the thing with this episode. It had a lot of enjoyable moments that you enjoy from fun adventure movies like Pirates of the Caribbean or Star Wars, or, number of Go- or Ghostbusters, a number of movies we mentioned in already reviewing this. Right. And the big thing I know, and Michael said it before, is that this episode was big-time Star Wars. 
And we've mentioned this in previous episodes. Kyle, a lot of the episodes have borrowed Star Wars. Because that's mainly because Giancarlo is a big fan of Star Wars. We know that. And because Green Lantern is the Star Wars of the DC Universe. Right, right, exactly. But I think this episode was the ultimate borrowing from Star Wars episode. And I loved it. It was a lot of fun because, you know, the way Hal and his crew got themselves out of danger in this episode, I felt was very similar to some of the things Luke Skywalker and Han Solo did to escape the Death Star. Mm-hmm. You know, it had that fun, goofy nature to it. Yeah. And, it, and there wasn't anything where, like, Kilowog was running around, like, chasing stormtroopers around and screaming, like Harrison Ford did. <laughs> Good Star Wars, but, you know, it, it had that fun, like, goofy aspect to it. Got again, the alien monster was totally the raker from Return of the Jedi. Yes. Yes. Just, you know, it didn't eat as much. Right. It actually kind of looks like a giant Sebulba. Yeah. It actually kind of does. Giant Sebulba. That somehow gives birth to these little alien creatures. Hey, it's just like Prometheus. By the way, I yeah. watched that last night. I was so underwhelmed with that movie. Really? I really was. I j- it just didn't do anything for me. It was just kind of average. Yeah. I mean, I know it's supposed to be this big thing, but I mean, just watch Alien and you'll get the jazz. It's the same movie. Right. I mean, it's almost the exact same movie. It's really weird. Yeah, so, I mean, what's what's really the point? <laughs> I thought Michael Fosbender was good in the movie, though. He was good. I liked his character as David, the uh, robot. That was pretty cool. But he was a little, he was a little devious, and that kind of irritated me a little bit. Well, he played Magneto. Well, okay, but robots can't okay. do that. He's a robot. He's not an AI. That's true. Well, I guess he's kind of an AI. I don't know. <laughs> See, X-Men Days of Future Past. That'll be a better performance from him. I hope so. Well, it will. I, I, I shouldn't even say I hope so, because I know it will. <laughs> yeah. But back to Green Lantern. You know, but, but, but out of the Marvel Universe. Whoa, whoa, this is DC Nation, Michael. That's why I'm saying out of the Marvel Universe. Right, right, out of the Marvel Universe. The cinematic universe. Owned by Fox, not Disney. Well, the, okay. the X-Men cinematic universe. Right, true. There are like 10 of the, these cinematic universes out there. But back to Green Lantern. Like the character moments, these Star Wars-esque scenes, I felt were a nice change of pace. And I felt that especially went for the chase sequence where Hal was drive, driving the huge cover train. Mm. Because I felt it really kept things fresh by delivering an impressive animated sequence that we've come to expect from the show. But they did it in a setting without that wasn't in outer space. Yeah. And I liked that. Well, I mean, it was outer space, but it was on a planet in outer space. Right, it was on the ground. Right. Could involve vehicles and stuff. That was very different than what we've seen before. Because I think it goes and shows those shows called versatility. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I still don't understand why people are so angry about the animation on this show. It's, it's incredible, really. It's just kind of stupid to say stuff like that. Yeah, I don't get it. The problem is that one scene in the pilot where Hell tr- saves the train, that was kind of weak. That well, okay, I can yes, it was. But it improved. But I mean if you watch thirteen episodes later, it's incredible. 
Yeah, especially in the finale, what we saw of Earth. Yes, yes. It was much better. They they figured it out. Plus, it's easier to do alien planets than it is Earth what? in that kind of animation. And also, it was a pilot. It was a preview pilot. Yeah. For a show that they didn't know was going to make it or not. So, I mean, what what do you expect from that? I I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't understand their thought process because I enjoy it like you do. Like, I just don't get these people that will watch the first five minutes of the show. Because if they don't like it, they're going to turn it off and not watch it again. Especially I, in a pilot. Right. But see, again, my rule with pilots, I'll watch any pilot that I think I would be interested in all the way through. But if I don't like it after that, or I'm not really interested or invested in anything, then I just turn it off. Right. Now, if it's an animation issue or a, um, I don't know, viewing your lens issue, I'd, I'll still give it another shot. Right. Because it's a pilot. I wouldn't stop it for that. I'd only stop it for story or characters that I didn't like. Right. And I mean, it's Green Lantern and Bruce Timm. Exactly. And I think you should give it the benefit of the doubt just based on that. And really, the animation is exactly like Batman the Animated Series, except CG. Yeah. It's the exact same character designs. And really, with that pilot episode, once they got into space, it was fine. Right. That's part of it, too. Because when we first saw trailers for it, we were just like, eh, I don't know. And then we watched that pilot, and we were blown away. Yeah. I mean, the well, last I mean, 20 minutes were unbelievable. Well, I mean, we had watched the full thing in the fall. Yeah. Because they aired it in October, and we were like, okay, we got to cover this when they start this DC Nation block. And then we started it, and we had it, we got to cover it, and it was great. And yeah. it kept getting better every week, and that's what we had said. Yes. So, I mean, I don't know. I still don't understand it, but whatever. Yeah. And one more quick thing about the fight with the monster before we move on. I had to mention that hearing Kilowog recite the Green Lantern Oath in his own native tongue was totally awesome. Yes. That was great. That was great. Because as a fan of Kilowog, I was cheering the whole time. Heck yeah. Awesome. <laughs> this is great stuff. Well, and I guess that's what I really like, too, about the rings. Yeah. Is that once they're on, it totally makes sense why the audience uh, is only hearing English. Right, exactly. But if they're off or if, or if they're decharged, it again, it makes sense why you wouldn't. Yeah. But it was very... Um, funny how they got Kilowog and Hale got to recharge the rigs. And then Kilowog looks at Razor and he's like, sorry. And he lifts up his ring and it's red. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> With that irritated look. I saw this okay. uh, meme for it or this uh, like little short thing with it <laughs> on, on Tumblr because the fan turns did stuff with that scene. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and on the top they write, if you like it, you should have put a ring on it. And it's Razor holding his ring up. With that annoyed face, it's hilarious. That's awesome. And finally, you know, I was quite amused by the end of this episode because Hal bragging about how he made this big speech that inspired everyone to work together despite their languages was met by Kilowog and Razor revealing that they had no idea what he was saying. I know what made this... I don't know what made this scene so rewarding exactly, but it brought a smile to my face that you'd have after going kind of mischievous adventure with your old pals, Hal, Kilowog, and Razor. Because that's what ultimately made this episode a success. 
because the dynamic between these characters gave us an enjoyable shift into the comedic realm, which gave us which gave us amusing, engaging proof Green Lantern doesn't always have to be doom and gloom. Now, Michael, do you think it's fair assessment to say that this episode's success came from the hell razor Kilowog dynamic delivering humor that made us watching this episode feel like we were going on kind of mischievous adventure with old friends? Yeah, I think it I think it was a success because of that, but I also think it was a success because it really went back to the roots of the Green Lantern and Hal Jordan character. I agree. And some of the big adventures in space he would have. And I think adding Kilowog and Razor to that mix was very cool because it wasn't just Hal on a planet doing whatever he's doing and trying to get off like it would have been in the Silver Age or the Bronze Age. Yeah. And this time you got to actually add people who added to not only his character, but added to the story itself. Exactly. So I, I I liked it for that reason because it really felt like a Silver Age comic book story, and I I'm one of the few who likes the Silver Age, but I don't like Batman Silver Age, but I like a lot of other Silver Age stories because a lot of them paved the way for what came later, a lot like the Golden Age did for comics in general. Yeah. Well, we needed a fun episode after last week being so dark. Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. So Michael, do you have any other final thoughts about this episode or? Get ready to move on. I uh, really enjoyed it. I hope, um, well, I can't say I hope we get more like this in the future because we only have five episodes left, so yeah. I kind of hope we get back to the story. But I just hope for a great, awesome finale that will, you know, unite a bunch of corpse together. I can't wait. Well, and if this was our last final fun episode of this show, I thought it was a good way to go out. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So I think that sums it up. Cause now it's time to move on to the DC Nation shorts. Now, it's a brand new superhero short on DC Nation. With another short that just makes me wonder, what are they thinking? But hey, <laughs> at least we got think, a good one to look forward to next week, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone's high when they make these shorts, except for a few, because yeah. I, I just, it, it's like Algo and Miles Miller are writing these things. Oh, no. And I think it the Thunder and Lightning writers and the sort of the Atom writers, kind of super best friends forever writers, are in the other room. Yeah, I think those are all the same people. And then everyone else is just scattered. <laughs> like they probably go to a mental institution and have people write it from there. Yes. And then they watch it on TV and they're like, that's entertaining. Because <laughs> I don't even it's, know where it... the world's funniest peoples are. I I I don't know. I think they're gone. I hope they're gone. They're making like okay. little statues, like at Comic Con. You know those like little statues yeah. of things. They're making them for the Ardman shorts. Oh my god! I'm like, how can you even sell oh. that? No one likes that. <laughs> wow, they're they're really trying to sell that one, huh? Apparently, I don't know. They oh. must have cut a big promotion deal with them or something. I guess I don't know. Well, this was Amethyst Level 4, the Turquoise Cave. It was a short for this week. We got a, a replay of the Vibe short, which I think all of you remember. You know, the breakdance short. Yes. Can we cover that? We talked about that. and So Vibe doesn't breakdance in Jeff John's upcoming Vibe comic. I'm going to be very upset. Oh, God. Well, that short, again, it busted a move. And that's pretty much all I've got to say about that. And what? he didn't die at the huh. end. Right, right. 
This is a kids' network, remember? Right. But anyway, with this amethyst sword, it really started out with the violent Legend of Zelda style action I expected from a fantasy adventure story inside of a video game. But then it got really weird, got quite silly, because it turned out the big scary skeleton Amethyst was fighting turned out to be a prince who was turned into a skeleton that had serious self-image issues. This might have been fun for all the girls out there who enjoy DC Nation, but I was really left just rolling my eyes. Were you in the yeah, same boat, Michael? Absolutely. I just, you know, it just is what it is. I mean, uh-huh. everything we've said about Amethyst, we've said in the last, you know, three podcasts. Yes. I, I, we can't really say any more at this point. I'm just glad it's, you know, coming to a close, finally. I'm just glad it didn't have such a creepy stalker vibe this time around. A creepy stalker vibe? Ah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Though Vibe was not in the last short. Well, I didn't even tend to do that. Yeah, but it was funny. <laughs> yes. But I enjoyed it. That was good. Good timing. And no, no Dr. Ivo wasn't in this short either. Can they have this short? Or uh, Creepy Trees. Well, see, that I'm a little disappointed. But... <laughs> oh, God. Michael, this isn't Smallville. It sh- it should be like the trees in Wizard of Oz that throw apples at people. Don't give Sam Raimi ideas for that Oz movie. I w- I kind of want to see that movie. My grandma wants to see it, so I might go with her. Well, after what he did with the trees in Evil Dead, I'm well, afraid. <laughs> I never saw that movie, so I don't I don't need to know. If I'm surprised, I'm surprised. I'm just gonna. You better warn your grandma going into it that this is not gonna be. The Wizard of Oz she grew up watching. Well, uh, yeah, we'll see. I might not just have her go with me anyway, because she might not go then, and I won't go if I'm paying for it. So. Well, that's true. <laughs> Tell your grandma afterwards. As bad as that sounds. And she's disturbed. When she's disturbed, exactly. By the way, have you gotten your Entertainment Weekly yet? Yes, I have. I don't think I have yet. I got to check the mailbox. Okay, keep an eye out for that. Anyway. Yes, anyway. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Michael's grandma got me a subscription to Entertainment Weekly for my birthday, and then she got two subscriptions. So she gave Michael the other subscription. So that's why he's asking about it. Just so everyone's not like, where the heck did that come from? Yeah. Did you get Andy's Man of Steel thing yet? Not yet, no. Okay, he asked me about that, and I didn't get it yet either. I, I was wondering if you guys got it yet. Nope. That'll probably be a while, though. Yeah, well, it's coming from Europe, so. That's true. Yes. And he lives in Europe, everybody. Yes, London, to be exact. Yes. right now. But he's from Sweden. Yes. Which is even farther away. And if you want to know that story, contact Andy. Yes. But now we're going to... At Samaritan93 on Twitter. But now we're going to move on to a Young Justice Convasion episode that had a title that actually... Reminded me of a song. Do you know what song I'm talking about? I think I might know what song you're talking about. Whoa, do, 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 do. Yeah. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Uh-huh. Whoa, that's the name of this Young Justice Invasion episode, which Michael's going to read the summary about right now.
A conqueror from another world becomes a wild card in the intergalactic game of supremacy, placing planet Earth square in the jackpot. This episode has nothing to do with gambling. Why did the summary say jackpot? But it should. It should have everything to do with gambling. That should be like a Royal Flush episode. Yes. That doesn't sound like a Mongo episode. Well, this isn't your average Mongo, is it? Right. Well, anyway, Michael, I, I'm kind of going to need your help here at the beginning of talking about this Young Justice Invasion episode. Because it started out with a group of heroes on trial. So I could have sworn it was the Justice League. But I'm not necessarily sure if it's them. Because it's been almost a year since we've seen them. Plus, I mean, didn't Martian Manhunter have a ZZ Top beard? Because Jad Stewart had a shaved head? Also, wasn't Cyborg a member of the Justice League? Oh, let's not even go there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Michael, was this the Justice League? I don't know. I, 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 maybe they're clones. Clones. Maybe, maybe it's the uh, Young Justice Invasion version of the Clone Saga. Oh, no. Are you trying to get back at me for the Cyborg comments? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Again, uh, like I've said numerous times, Cyborg, fine to be a Justice League member, not fine when he replaces Martian Manhunter. No set. Yeah. But this was the Justice League, right? This was the Justice League. And listen, listeners, I know it was the Justice League. We haven't lost our marbles. I mean, but it's been forever of... since we've seen them, like seven months. Yes, and because of that, the opportunity to rip on Cartoon Network was just there for me. It was just too great. And I had to take it. I'm sorry. I had to get them for it. It's okay. We forgive you. So, <laughs> it going serious for the time being, because you know we're going to... That gonna won't last long. <laughs> yes. It was really nice to get an opportunity to see the Justice League at the beginning of, the, of this episode. And I thought Superman was making a good case to get the founding Seven League members out of their situation. But what didn't make any sense to me was why the aliens that put the League on trial wouldn't question Vandal Savage God, if he brainwashed the world's greatest heroes. When he was sitting right in the freaking audience. I mean, what the heck? Are law schools run by morons in outer space? Aren't they run by morons here? I, I don't know. I don't want to <laughs> comment that. I don't want to offend not go there. <laughs> listening to this show. They could sue us. Yeah. They'd figure out how, just like that. But, I mean, isn't that silly? Yeah. I mean, he's in the room. Yeah, They didn't know he was in the room. He was in the shadow. Well, how could he get in the room and them not know? I don't know. How did he even get to Ragnar? Where is Universe Homeland Security? <laughs> you know, Universe Security? Where's the Green Lantern Corps, you mean? Somebody. You'd think there would be more Green Lanterns on trial, or not on trial, but there, only to see their fellow Green Lantern on trial, don't you think? Like in that Justice League episode with yes. Jon Stewart on trial? Wouldn't you think? Because they're, he's a cop. Yes, I agree. So, so you'd think they'd have to be there, or at least a guardian would have to be there. Plus, the other thing is, you know how hard it is to get in the courtroom here on Earth? You have to go through a metal hard. detector. You have to show an ID, all this stuff. And, yeah. and Vandal Savage just walks right in and sits down. <laughs> Next to Mongol. 
Yeah, out of all people in the universe to sit next to. I mean, isn't that a red flag? Okay, maybe this guy's trouble. Why does he have claw marks on his face? Yeah. I mean, there's got to be something shady about that. And by the way, does it feel like that they're just rushing these big-time villains into this show now at this point? Because we had Despero, and now we have Mongol, and just feels rushed. I guess I thought that Mongol's introduction to this episode was much better than what they did with Despero. Oh, I think so, too. Yes. Absolutely. Because, I mean, really, Cornered, it was just a slugfest. Completely mindless slugfest. Although Mal got a good deal out of it. Right. Yeah, a good deal out of this episode, too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But this episode, I mean, the whole world was at risk. And I thought that, like, raised the stakes a little bit higher. Yeah, instead of just Mount Justice, or not Mount Justice, uh, that one's been destroyed, too, but the Hall of Justice. Justice, yeah. Like, when is the Watchtower going to get blown out of the sky? I'm serious. Like, I know. It's got to happen now at some point. Oh, that's probably next week. Oh, well, Beetle yeah. blows it up. That would that I could see that actually. Yeah, I don't know. He crashes War World into it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it was this was very intense because I mean, it was the fate of the world. It was innocent people at risk. Because it was heroes protecting them. Because I mm-hmm. think that's much stronger than just someone wanting to come and pick a fight. I agree. Plus, you know, it was kind of cool. Young Justice. I mean, they were. Stopping Mongol from uh, using his Death Star, I mean War World, his to destroy Death Earth. Star. What well, was it? Looked like the Death Star. With your cody fingers. Yes. What was with all the Star Wars this week? I don't know. <laughs> Again, they're all in the same room, people. Episode title idea. It's getting like Star Wars up in here. <laughs> dun 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 dun. dun, dun. <laughs> Yes, I agree. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. But, I mean, you thought Mongol was better than Despero. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, see, I've always liked Mongol as a villain. Yeah. I've never thought he was, like, this big, like... I See, I think of him more as a revenge-type villain. I never think of him as a, I'm going to destroy this planet villain. Yeah. Because he's always been just about revenge for whatever. You know what I'm saying? But did you see the glance he shared with Superman? Yeah. In that one scene? That'll, it'll be interesting to see if he has any connection to him. Because that seemed like a revenge vibe when they looked at each other. But it doesn't seem like he's ever been to Earth. Yeah, that was weird. So maybe Superman was on another planet? I don't know. Maybe they were throwing it in that maybe something similar happened to you know the plotline on Justice League the animated series? When Mongol first appeared? Yeah. And Superman got him basically thrown off his planet? Yeah. Maybe um, Superman was the reason why he got thrown off his planet. That would be interesting. Because they did say that. Again, they should have explained that more. Hmm. You know, I, I feel like that there was time that they could have explained all that. Instead of just a look between the two of them. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And the biggest thing I thought with Mongol was that they had him talk. And the voice actor that played uh, Mongol, Keith David, who actually was the announcer during the trailers for episodes of Justice League. 
That is awesome. Just remember that back in the day. That is awesome. Well, anyway, he voiced Keith David. I mean, Keith David voiced him here. He voiced himself. Well, no, he, he voiced Mongo. And I thought he made him pretty scary. I thought his voice added a lot to making him, like, just woof. Well, Mongo's always been a very boasty villain. Always been a very proud, um, menacing type villain, even in his voice. And I thought the guy hit it right. Yeah, just like they did on Justice League Unlimited in that episode where uh, he comes back and attacks Superman in the fortress. Yeah. The flower, alien flower episode. That's a great episode. It is very good. Very good. Very good character development for Superman. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It reminded me an awful lot of that episode where um, Batman gets trapped in the dream machine from Batman the Animated Series. Oh, yeah. You know, where his parents are still alive and stuff. Yep. That's that's a crazy episode. That too. is, yeah, that's a very crazy episode. So that kind of had that vibe too with that episode with the plant. Yep. And I know you said you know you really like Mongol as a revenge character, but here you know what made him scary I thought was him being the big brute. Mm-hmm. I thought it worked here through the animation because you I mean he did have this huge form that was like ten times the size of what he was on Justice League the animated series. Yes. And that was kind of scary. And really the fight he had with Superboy, Wonder Girl, and Arsenal sent shivers down my spine. Like the first time I read the issue of Nightfall where Bane breaks Batman's back. And it wasn't just because Mongo pulled that move, got Superboy. It was just that this, you know, big purple meanie looked completely invincible. Yeah, pretty much. Especially with mental control over that entire base. Yes. I mean, it was scary. And they, I mean, Superboy threw everything he had at him. And when you see the tank of a superhero team go down, that's... Oh, and then he throws Wolf, and I'm like, okay, take him down. Yeah. (laughs) Arsenal? You know, I'm starting to like him better after that episode where he, you know, kind of blew everyone's cover. Yes. I'm starting to like him better a little now because I think we're seeing him develop more regardless of if he's talking or not. We're seeing it more in his actions, and I like that. Right. Well, and our ATA core member, Andy, complains about his haircut, though. Well, you know what? Andy Andy is just, I think, in love with Roy Harper and anything that's different. I just, yeah. I think it's a better idea because you could tell it so you can tell the difference between the two clones. Absolutely. Because it was kind of getting confusing there. Well, yeah. And and then also, obviously, the fact that um, one's older and taller and the other's shorter and younger. But the haircut definitely helps a lot. Well, and when there's three renditions of Roar Harper running around on TV beginning this coming week, <laughs> you got to have a difference between them all. Yep. So Very check true. out Arrow on Wednesday. Yes, <laughs> do that, please. And as for the actual assault on Warworld, I felt it delivered, you know, some pretty impressive animation to watch. Because Dr. Fate put up a massive shield around Earth to protect it from the weapon's missiles. Batgirl showed off some mad Martian bioship piloting skills. And Impulse tore up a bunch of Mongols' drones with a great display of super speed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, did you think all this stuff was cool? Yeah, 
I, I've always liked the super speed thing that Impulse does. I think that's really cool on the show. It, I think it kind of started with Smallville, but I, I think it was a smart move for people to start doing because it really sh- it's. I think it's just really cool when it well, comes down to it. They transitioned in and out of it nicely. Yes. In this episode, they did both. They did the real fast place blurs, and then they also did the slowing it down. And it transitioned in and out of each other very, very well. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. And Dr. Fate, I thought what he was doing was pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. Well, Dr. Fate is amazing. Yeah. But I didn't know he could pull off, like, that big of a shield and all that I stuff. didn't either. He's never had cool. to before, so it was really cool. Yeah. Some new ideas. I mean, that's what happens when you get to the bottom of the barrel. Got Justice Leaguers, right? Well, I mean, that's what happens when you get to the bottom of the barrel and, you know, everything supposedly has been done, and then Young Justice comes out and does this. Yes. Well, Captain Adam is useless, so someone has to step it up. By the way, why isn't Aquaman or Flash the team leader at this point? Because they're part of the founding team. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I've never felt that... Barry is someone that would be leader taking a command. But Aquaman, he's a king. Yeah, but he's probably worried about Atlantis. Could yeah, that's true. That's true. And Plus, I, I got it was, Black Mana running around out there. Yeah. <laughs> it was also nice, though, that, um, you know, the Reach's fleet got destroyed in this episode. Part of it. Most of it. Yeah, it'll be another but, surprise. I don't know, because the Reach leader guy seemed really worried. Yeah. Don't you think? God, Mongo screwed him. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Mongo screws everybody. Yeah, he did screw Earth, apparently. Right. So he did get his revenge. Against the Reach. Yes. But I think the only off-putting thing about the insult on War World was the dialogue between Mel Duncan who is now taking on the guise of the Guardian and Bumblebee. The fact that he started calling her woman made me feel like I was watching a rerun of their Jeffersons. God, with that, I would like Michael to help me because I burst into song as Mal's moving on up. Moving on up. To Young Justice. To Young Justice. He's finally become a part of the team. The Let's team. Sing. sing it again, Michael. Mel's moving on up. Moving on up. To Young Justice. To Young Justice. He's finally become a part of the team. Team. Yeah. Yes. W- woman, when are you not on a mission? <laughs> That's <laughs> my favorite line. <laughs> that was just, I did not see that coming at all. It was just, uh, I'm like, on a kid's show? Really? I'm like, okay, that's one of the best things they've ever done. Where is my super suit? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, what? Sam Jackson or Sherman Hensley or someone stepped into here. And you want to know what's funny? Because Sherman Hensley, who was the main guy in the Jeffersons, he actually played a superhero uh, on, in a Disney Channel original movie. Which one? Up up and away it was called. I've never seen that. Yeah, it's about a family of superheroes. Huh. And, and the kid discovers he doesn't have powers. And so he's I all thought, sad. I thought that was Sky High. 
No, this was this was a TV version before oh. Sky High really happened. Gotcha. Sky High is a better movie, though. That was good. Yeah, I, I love Sky High, actually. That's a really good one. Yes. Isn't show. Kurt Russell the dad? Yes. That, that That's the just perfect casting. Yes, it was pretty cool. I, I do like, though, that in this episode that they made Mal Guardian full-time. Yes. I think that was really smart. It not only gave him more to do, but the fact that the original Guardian, you know, retired, you almost need a new one. Yeah. Just, just because this show itself would feel empty without one. Because, I mean, he was around since the pilot. Well, it gives him something to do. Right. And it puts him on a more even playing field with Bumblebee. Yeah, but it's still lame that he has to, like, you know, be a superhero for her to notice him. Well, I That's agree with that. That's kind of crappy. I agree with that. He should probably have broken up with her, but... But then we got this great dialogue, or uh, I don't know what you want to call it. It was interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, you gotta love it. It is what it is. Just need to throw static into some of that. <laughs> yeah, when is that team coming back? They got to come back soon because they only have what, like, yeah. six episodes left, four episodes, five episodes left. Yeah, I would say like next week or the ne- week after. Well, they got to start wrapping things up, otherwise well, they'll never get a, theory, a good audience for their send-off. You've given me a theory, but I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. And you know, Mel Duncan wasn't the only surprise, as you said, Michael. Because the Reach sent their own fleet of ships after Mongol. Because if, you know, Earth was destroyed, their plan would be ruined. But Mongol ended up screwing them anyway. <laughs> yeah, and two-thirds of their fleet is now gone. So, you know, when they finally right. have to fight against Earth. But at the same time, it's kind of left me confused God, where the light stands with the Reach. Because it seemed like with Mongol was sitting with Vandal Savage, that it meant that the light is working with Mongol because that they have plans to double cross the reach. I think they realized, I think at this point they realized them being the light that the reach has their own agenda. And while they might've helped them achieve their goals, they still have their own agenda and they still want earth for themselves. Whereas the light wants to protect the earth from all aliens and all superpowered beings and only be able to control their own. So I think I think in these final five episodes, Dan, I think we're really going to see a return to not only the light story arc, but also the uh, original team story arc. Okay, so so you're thinking that the light, they are going to double cross the Reach, and they may use the Young Justice team and the Justice League okay. themselves to do it. So I'm curious if they just sent Mongol to Earth. Not to really blow it up, but just to cause a massive distraction. Well, I think they re- knew that Mongol wasn't going to succeed, even with the biggest powered yeah. people in the Justice League there, because they know who the team is at this point. Right. And I think also that the reason the Justice League is still on trial and has been on trial for so long is that they realize that when they do double cross their reach, that the Justice League would still be there to stop them. And with the big powered members gone, they don't think that the team and the what's left of the league are enough to stop them, but they think they're enough to stop Mongol. Well, so yeah. they must have something bigger up their sleeve than Mongol. 
like well, a lot bigger. And the other thing is they might have wanted the Reach to reveal their fleet because of part of their double cross. Yes. But that didn't work because Gazoo wasn't there to show up to complain about the Reach revealing they have a hidden fleet. G. Gordon Gottfried. Ah, the Reach was only trying to protect us. Ugh. They did that lead from us so that the lead couldn't yeah. destroy it. Oh, God. I mean, he's there to reveal the watchtower. But with a reach, like, you know, does something scary, he's nowhere to be found. What the heck? He's, he's probably, you know, crying in the corner, realizing he was wrong. Or he is a reach. No, he needs to <laughs> stop doing stupid commercials and do his job. And be a reporter, for crying out loud. Where is Lois Lane? For crying out loud, I know. Or Iris Allen or Vicki Vale or just one of them. They need to be exposing these people. They leave Cat Grant in charge. Yeah, I, well, that wasn't smart either. Yeah, what the heck are they smoking? <laughs> and she was like serious and professional this episode. I know, it was kind of frightening. I was like, what? I, I couldn't really take that? it seriously. I'm like, are you a reach? She's a clone. She's a clone? Clone saga? <laughs> oh, no. Everyone on Earth is now a clone. But uh, yeah, clone. Well, and of course, G. George Godfrey couldn't do it. He's doing that commercial. We need to have a fat Lana Lang walk on screen. Oh God! She needs to be, a, you know, a commentator or something on this the. This isn't a Frank Miller universe. But it should be. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> now, going back a little bit, about a year now. <laughs> About a year. When this new season of Young Justice started out, revealing to us that Miss Marsh had, because Superboy broke up, we had fears that this was going to lead to Wonder Girl and Superboy having oh. a romance. Ugh. It didn't happen. Thank God. But this episode threw us a big surprise, as Arsenal being jealous of Mal getting a kiss from Bumblebee was met with Roy getting a kiss on the cheek from Wonder Girl. Michael, what do you think about Wonder Girl? being a love interest for Arsenal. It's kind of funny that they did that in all honesty, because in recent issues of uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws and Teen Titans, they had their recent crossover, uh, Batman crossover, Death of the Family, where Tim Drake and Jason Todd are against the Joker and the rest of their respected teams are left to fight Joker's minions in the city. Right. And it's interesting because as they're fighting alongside each other, Wonder Girl and Arsenal have this really strong attraction for one another. Oh boy! So it's and it's, it's kind not, of current, huh? Yeah, and it's more on Arsenal's side than it is Wonder Girl's, but she definitely has it. Interesting. So I think them being <laughs> together would actually be really cool because one, that would save us the turmoil of having to deal with Superboy and Wonder Girl, and two, Arsenal would stop complaining. So I think it works for everybody. And it's interesting that the timing of this came right now. Yeah. I like it because they're such opposites. Yeah, that too. I mean, she's like this perky little blonde girl, and he's Mr. Grouchy. <laughs> so that that could be fun. Yeah. If it gets there. And, and Yeah, I'd, I'd rather go back to the original team, though, but before we you know go into that. Because we can always dream about them. But the original right. team, we need to get wrapped up. Well, I think, yeah, I think next episode, though, I mean, there's a whole thing with, um, you know, Arsenal being up in the Watchtower or wherever they are battling Blue Beetle. So maybe they can do a part of that 
story is them teaming up or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. And then they cover it real quick next week along with another plot line. Yeah. As we know, Greg Weisman can throw in a billion, million plot lines. I'm, I'm worried he's going to leave the finale on a cliffhanger like he did with Spectacular Spider-Man. Not again. I would be so ticked. No. Oh my gosh, I couldn't I couldn't even handle it. I don't know what I'd do. Get ready, Greg Weisman. You're going to be on this show telling us where you thought it would end. Oh, I, uh, yeah, let's hope so. We'd drive him crazy for an interview. I'd drive everyone on the internet crazy until they connected me for an interview. I'd also ask him how he intended to end. Um, um, uh, Spectacular, Spectacular Spider-Man. Yep. I, I think I need to start working on that Greg Wiseman interview. Uh, <laughs> and really, this episode ended really in an insane fashion. As Jamie, now fully under the control of his Blue Beetle armor, attacked the Young Justice team, taking everyone prisoner except for Arsenal, who practically went crazy trying to yeah. avoid getting captured to death. Yep. Because he sucked almost everyone out the airlock. Well, yeah, he almost killed everyone. Yeah, the, that was kind of the dumb. hangar. Kind of an idiot. But I do have to say, after that plan didn't work out, uh, Roy put up a really kick-butt fight. God, I hope that in the next episode we see him give this my control Blue Beetle a solid run for its money. Just to yeah. kind of see him overcome that post-traumatic stress of being kidnapped and cloned. Well, and I hope Red Arrow can help him through that too because I think yeah. we'll see him come back because he, in a, way, in a sense, is part of the original team. I mean, yes and no. Right. But he has that, you know, he, he was a big part of season one. Well, and I think um, Green Arrow and um, this Roy need to reconcile. I well. agree. I agree. Uh, that's something I'd like to see before the show ends. Because that's been a big arc all the way through the show. And I think some of that stuff needs to be revol- resolved. Because I think between Green Arrow and Red Arrow, it's resolved. Right. But Green Arrow and Arsenal now have to resolve their issues. Right. And I know Arsenal wasn't on the show, you know, right at the beginning. But I feel like since Roy has been there, the Red Arrow has been there since the beginning, we need this. Yeah. Um, I agree. It just fits the story. Well, I mean, they're the same. I mean, they are and they aren't the same person. So. Right. And he deserves a happy ending, especially after, you know, only being Green Arrow's sidekick for like four months. Yeah. And even though this cliffhanger kind of sucked for the Young Justice team, it's got me pretty pumped up. Because really the only two heroes left to save the day are two of my favorites, Nightwing and Wally West, a.k.a. Kid Flash, a character who doesn't exist anymore. So if he ends up as one of the main characters who stops this invasion, all I've got to say is eat that, Dan the Dino. Yeah. Dan is now ashamed to share the same first name as Mr. Dodido. Right. They should change my name to Dean. Dean Schmidt. Yeah. That could work. Instead of Dan, just because of Dan today. No, he should change his name. He should change his name. I, I have the right to buy, yeah. <laughs> yes, there you go. He's Dean Dedito. Yeah. Oh Actually, that sounds kind of cool. Dean Dedito, it's Dedito. No, he can be Dedito. Whatever. We'll say his I don't, name I, we don't really care. But anyhow... 
Um, this is what I see happening here, Michael. Mm -hmm. You said they need to get to the new team yes. or Lex's team. Yeah. What if the Young Justice team in this episode that I think got captured, I'm pretty sure got captured, what if they stay captured for an episode and Static's team comes out as a replacement? So they purposely made the league missing in action so this new team can come up and, you know, win the public's eye. Or take credit for saving the day for Mongol. That they would be very didn't do that. Huh. Yep. So I see that as a possibility. And then what I see the end of the show being the finale is the original Young Justice team, you know, getting free, getting out of the situations that they're in, can all coming together at the end to battle the members of the light. So that would be Superboy, Nightwing, Kid Flash, Aqualad, Artemis, and Miss Martian. I like that. All coming in to fight the light. And then you're going to have Blue Beetle bat battling Black Beetle. And then the rest of the new team members will battle Static the the So it'd kind of like, it'd kind of be like the uh, season one finale of Justice League Unlimited where everyone's in the Watchtower fighting the Ultimate and then the original seven is fighting Lex and Brainiac. Yeah. I could, yeah, I like that a lot, actually. And then the League comes home at the end. Yeah. Or he leaves it at a cliffhanger and the League are all dead. <laughs> or they come in as backup at the last second. That would be cool, too. I would like that better than them all being dead. But I think the Young Justice team, especially the original seven, need a victory. Like, I think they need to save the day on their own and prove themselves. Yeah. Again, it was bumpy. God, it was kind of messy. Very messy. And but yeah, I, think I agree. It would, it would give him a talking to. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I, I think Batman needs to come and give Nightwing talking to a little bit. But in the end, it came out. Or okay. or I'd rather him just re really, if you're going to end the series with them defeating the light and all that, I'd kind of rather Batman comes up to him, you know, lets him have it, walks away. And before he's gone, he turns around and he goes, but good job. Yeah. Like, that would just be awesome. If this is a danger to the team, this is bad. Da, 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 da. All that. It's like, uh, he's like, good job. And he walks away, he turns around, he goes, but good job. And Nightwing smiles, and that's how it ends. Like, I could do that. Corey's like, you're crazy, but that's my kind of crazy. <laughs> that's my kind of crazy. Back yeah. work. Oh, man. Okay. Well, that was that was a fun episode. That was a fun episode. I mean, yes, things need to get moving, but the fighting and the action and stuff was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I agree. Okay. So you ready to move on to talking about Smallville? Sure thing. All right. Let's get haunted again with Chapter 7. To help solve the mystery of a deadly energy being known as the Black Flash, 
Superman and Impulse track down the only person who can possibly understand the situation. This retired speedster has seen better days and has hoped to escape the very creature that now stalks Bart inside the Speed Force. Meanwhile, deadly events unfold on the parallel world known as Earth 2, which has really been destroyed, but whatever. And for the first time gracing a comic book cover, Smallville Season 11, number 33, features Chloe Sullivan. Woo! As the central character on the cover. Why is everyone in Haunted like in the middle screaming at something? It's like they're with getting images stalked. in the background. Yeah, it's like they're being haunted. But it is Smallville. That's true. They show all about stalking. Yeah, it's very true. Stalking, secrets, and lies. So it looks like she's getting chased by Commuter Freak, I guess, and all these pals. Well, there, you see the mirror box in the background. Yeah. But this is a pretty accurate um, image of Allison Mack. I yeah, Cat Staggs does a really good job on all these covers. She does a really good job of capturing factors' likeness yeah. and appearance. Absolutely. So, yeah. Which is something covers like that should do. Especially that first one in Guardian Part 1. Yeah. Like with Superman, with Clark. I mean, that looks like Tom Welling. It's awesome. Yeah. And this, I mean, I think this is a very, or at least Brian wants to get across, that's a very character-focused story. Mm -hmm. Where last story was so big and broad and expansive in terms of the whole small universe. Yeah. And this is much more focused back on the characters. So that's why I think each cover is on the characters. Because I think something like Death of the Family that's going on right now in Batman comics, all the comics in that series are a close-up on each of the characters' faces. Mm-hmm. And that's because I think those stories are very character-driven. Uh, well, especially all the tie-ins. Right. Because each one focuses on one character. By the way, I read 17. I, I need to the, still read it. The last issue of it. Oh, my gosh. I bet it's nuts. It comes out tomorrow, but it got leaked Sunday. Oh, so geez. I had to read it. That that was Michael's choice. That the choice of across the airwaves and all its related properties. <laughs> so true. don't say anything. So anyway, but this episode, I mean, it did have, her issue did have a very big focus on Chloe. But first, before we get to that, the speed force starts affecting people around the world. Yep. First we start in Mumbai and the kid that Bart was playing soccer with starts seeing it crackle around his soccer ball. Speed Force, I guess that is. Um, there's a cop in France where they fought off God, Mr. Mala on the brain. That's starting to get affected by the Speed Force. That's not good. And Chloe's tracking down all these speed incidents. Got the watchtower. Shouldn't Chloe be dead now? Why? Because <laughs> didn't Bart, like, kiss her? Uh-oh. But maybe that's what's going to come at the end of the story. That would be kind of nuts. And then that's how they have to fix it because they have to save Chloe. But it's a good point. God, this episode's doing a lot of flashbacks to previous episodes. So that is something possible. But anyway, it seems like people are dying because of the speed force. Mm-hmm. And Clark, you know, is going to take care of that. And he talks to Oliver how he's a little worried about Chloe. 
Yep. He doesn't like what's going on, um, you know, with her using the machine. You know, she passed out in the past issue. Because see where Clark's a little worried. Well, she, she, and now she's like passing out in broad daylight. Right. It's kind of like that Lex thing in season three with the repressed memories. Yes. It's like she's seeing. Very much so. It, it, actually, it's almost kind of like Fringe. Yes. Where Olivia started seeing her memories from the other timeline in season four. And she was getting her memories confused. It seems like that's what they're doing with Earth 2 Chloe and our Chloe. Yeah, and maybe that's where Brian got the idea. The other thing, it could be that Smallville episode in season three with Lex. Well, I think it was multiple episodes that was happening. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was a few. That was a couple of years ago. That's why I have to remember a second. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. That was that was about 10 years ago. Man. Yeah, it's almost going on 10 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow, I've watched a lot of TV since then. Well, just wait until uh, 2021 when Smallville, you know, has been over for 10 years. Oh, my gosh. That will be nuts. Yeah, then then we'll be watching the finale for Arrow. Hopefully we okay. won't still be doing this in 10 years. Right. I mean, we, we hope to be doing other things, but, or we're you know, writing we can do this Arrow on the side. Years from now. Yes. Yes. And our Power Rangers movie. We're doing interviews for somebody else's podcast. Yes. Yes. Or someone else is having the reins across the airwaves. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? That's scary. Like, what if we started, like, Across the Areas as its own news network? Or Andy's running it now. Oh, well, that would be really frightening. Moving on. Oh, stop. Before the nightmares. We love you, Andy. <laughs> okay. Anyway. That was a joke. Yeah. He won't take that much offense, Andy. No, I don't think so. He'll laugh he at his iPod or whatever he's listening to. Yes. Yeah. Well, anyhow, God, I liked it how Oliver calls Bart short round yes well we're just referencing all kinds of lucas stuff to this episode aren't we i know it's just the george lucas episode you know soon we'll be referencing disney movies and it'll all connect right exactly and they are in utah clark and bart are at utah when they find jay garrick so now effigy lines up yes finally what a connection so I don't know. This must have hap- these last four chapters must have happened really fast then, in order for two chapters of effigy to start at the beginning of haunted and to be here. Well, that's what happens when you hang out with the fastest man alive. I guess. I guess that's the way you would explain it. Yes, it makes sense. I guess. So they go in and they're um, going to check out this house in Utah. Now that I looks- feel stupid though because of my review. It looks very similar <laughs> to Jones, the Jones Rev- residence. And Indiana Jones on the Last Crusade. A little bit. So anyway, well, Jay Garrick even looks like an older Indiana Jones. I know he does. He almost looks like Harrison Ford. And his, his outfit's pretty cool. Yes, it is. That's very cool. Now Michael wants that jacket. I do. <laughs> Every jacket okay. that's appeared on Smallville I've always wanted. Like, I have a Clark jacket now, and yeah, it's kind of bad. And now Oliver is talking like the concerned husband now. Yep. Telling his woman she needs to rest. You should have thrown in some Mel Duncan dialogue here. Woman, when are you not on a mission? So anyway, she thinks she needs to be helping and gets that same old husband and wife argument. Yep. It's the Jeffersons all over again. 
Right, and she's getting uh, the Earth to Chloe's thoughts. Like, she can feel her emotions. And it's kind of nuts what she sees with the Ultraman stuff. Because she sees Ultraman take down Smallville High. Yeah, it's like they... Basically, brick by brick, it's burning. It's the evil uh, alternate version of Commencement. Yeah. And... and Clark Luther's just taking everything down, and he's like, why would Lex think we could control people with powers? And he's, like, killing all these meteor freaks. He kills Bug Boy. He kills everybody. Yeah. And then he gets to Chloe, and she has Lana's kryptonite necklace. So much. And he runs away. So much for uh, Bug Boy being at the reunion, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing there are two of everybody. Yeah, so it's crazy. Except of Peter Bishop. The way he kills that one meteor freak with the heat vision and just smacks him away like ash. Yes. That's just, oh, that's brutal. Well, and you're scared of Ultraman anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just creepy. Hey, Chloe, I mean, I feel so bad for her too, Chloe. She's had like the crappiest life ever. No kidding. Like, if we thought our Chloe had a crappy life, <laughs> not so much. She sees to... all of her friends get killed at the class reunion. Except for Lois. Lois gets killed later. Yeah, then Lois gets <laughs> killed later. And then she goes to an alternate reality. And she gets killed. I don't know. By a monitor, I think. We think, yeah. Wow. It's just, yeah, it, what a sucky life. Earth 2 is terrible. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, w- I want to know what Batman looks like. Well, actually, it's probably not even Batman. Bruce probably died and Thomas Wayne Jr. became Owlman. Oh, no. You, yeah. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Batman 17, everyone, go buy it. I know I will tomorrow. And it still it makes me have a hard time with the one episode where Clark goes back to... Um, Earth 2 the second time. Yeah. And he convinces um, Ultraman to be good again. Yeah. Because yeah, that after doing that all this, I mean, how can you redeem the guy? I don't know. But didn't Brian help write that episode? So, yeah. I mean, there must be some saving grace to it. Well, maybe he dies or does something to stop the anti-monitor. I hope so. Something like that. Well, actually, I don't hope he dies because he's a cool villain. But if he does die and he bring reanimates him as a villain, that I could see. Yeah, well, I mean, if he dies, I feel like that's redemption. Then he's yeah. fully embraced redemption for all the bad things he's done. Yep. So that makes sense. And then he can come back and be evil and with no memory, and it won't matter. Exactly. So then we go back to Utah. And this was a cool explanation to the Flash debate. Which Flash is Impulse. Mm-hmm. As he used Wally West, Barry Allen, and Jay Garrick as identities. Yeah. But do you think he's originally Barry Allen still? I'm a little lenient on it now. I think he could very well be Bart, but I do think he is Barry because of the timeline of the Flashes. Right. I don't think it makes sense for him to be Bart or Wally at this set time. And you think the memory loss is not because he was transported from the future. It's because 
he got his powers and then it caused him to lose his memory. Yeah, I mean that could be. Okay. And and because of the speed because the speed force is past, present, and future, he yeah. could have seen all those names quite easily. And Barry Allen is the center of the speed force right. anyway, so if anyone would have that happen to him, it would be Barry. Well, it even said that the um the speed demon or whatever the dark flash or whatever they're calling this thing, um, knew Jake Garrick's name. Yeah. So, so that that would explain your theory as well, because mm-hmm. that's a part of the Speed Force as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I I hope it's I hope it's Barry, but I could definitely see it being Byron working. Yeah, and this was really I mean, this is a different Jay Garrick than we've seen. Don't yeah, he's Jay a Garrick's grumpy old man. Op- yeah, Jay Garrick's normally very optimistic. Like Ball Flash. Was- yeah. Because this was a guy that's just angry. Yeah. Well, and he kept his leg broken after the government broke it when they disbanded the JSA. And he's like, I want nothing to do with it anymore. And he didn't go to Carter's funeral. Terrible person. And well, we thought Carter was grouchy yeah. when we first met him. Yeah. This guy I, takes the cake. I have a feeling, though, Jay will be suiting up soon to save Bart. And this, he used to, um, the other thing was, Jay Garrick talks about this guy named Cross. Who yeah, uh, Dr. Midnight. Dr. Midnight, okay. Yeah, because he said he was a surgeon, was. right? Yeah. Yeah, that would be him. So I wonder if we'll see him as well. That I, I would like to see some of the JSA because after, like, because of this arc, I think it would be really cool for Brian to do a parallel story of Jay getting the JSA back together. That would be neat. Maybe that'll be the next like, one. And then maybe, right. And then maybe Stargirl even leaving the league to go join them because of, you know, her mentor. I'd like to see Stargirl again, too. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. Oh, that's what they call him, the Black Racer. Well, they call him that in this, but they've also called him the Black Flash, and that's right. what he's known as in everything else. So. Right. Because remember in the comics, in the normal continuity, Black Flash and Black Racer are the same person. Yeah. Which is weird, but it's true. Because I've got to say, this is pretty horrible that the feds broke his leg. Yeah. That was... They didn't want him running. Yeah, because, well, and they were scared of the Black Racer. They might have known something about it. So maybe that was one of the reasons why they came after him. Well, I don't know about that. Only because no one else except Bart and anyone connected to the Speed Force can see the Black Racer. I mean, Clark only was able to after he ran a certain speed. But maybe the the effects of the Black Racer was happening around the world when he was using his powers earlier. That could have been, but I, I took this as the feds came when they were disbanding the JSA. And then they just did that. And then they just broke his leg. And then he knew about the Black Racer, and he was just like, it's better off leaving my leg broken so I don't have to deal with it anymore. Right. Yeah. I, that Either one could be the case easily. And then that was weird with the end of it because he's like, uh, the only way to solve the problem is if, like, Bart dies. Or he stops running. Or he stop. Well, I guess he stops running, yeah. But what they could do is they could do a Crisis of Infinite Earths thing, have Bart run fast enough that he goes into the Speed Forest. Yeah. And then pops back out older. Well, maybe that's what's going to happen, Michael. I could see it. Because he does die in Infinite Crisis. And well, Crisis on Infinite Earth. Crisis on Infinite Earth. And if the Anti Monitor is the main villain, yeah, 
I could see that happening, and then Wally West somehow getting his powers. Yes. There you go. That explains everything. It would explain things, don't you think? Yeah. Or Bart dies, and if he is Bart from the future, Barry becomes Flash right after that. There you go. So really what I think Brian's going for is an explanation as to who this Flash is, or at least setting up the Flash as we know him in the comic books. By what's going to happen here. And at this point, I do think Bart is that Flash. Okay. I mean, uh, that may change. I do. Okay, he's still Barry Allen. Okay. I think so. Okay. But that is yet to be determined. And these next three chapters, we're supposed to find out, so. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to that. Because this has really set up an interesting debate, a conundrum. Well, it's been a debate among the fans of the show for a long time. Like, the Smallville Wiki, it's been filled with this debate. Like, it's one of the highest debates on the site. Right. So it's about time someone covered it, cleared it up. Absolutely. So go, Brian. And Brian also seems like a big fan of The Flash. And Gorilla Grodd. <laughs> and gorillas in general. Yeah, and gorillas in general. It's Brian him. likes gorillas. <laughs> and monkeys. And not when we interview fun. him, we're going to ask him if he was glad that he finally got to bring in a gorilla. <laughs> yes, we will. Yes. Too bad he couldn't do Grodd, but I understand. I'm excited to talk to him this time around about the Flash stuff. I am, too. I'm very excited. And then possibly some Argo stuff, too. Yes. Because that, that arc sounds really cool. Argo, flip yourself, yes. <laughs> I know. That's the only thing I'm going to be able to think of now while <laughs> covering it. We've got a title, an episode. That. We can just bleep the U. Yes. Yep. Sounds good. Because that, that just sounds fun. I like it. And with that, I think that wraps up our Smallville discussion. Yep. The cushion. What the heck did I say? I don't know. I'm trying to say it at super speed, I guess. But I anyway, guess. That wraps up our Smallville discussion. And now it's time to move on to our closing. And Michael, would you like to share with our fine listeners what we're going to do on our next episode? Absolutely. On our next episode of DC Nation, week 44, we will be covering the next episode of Green Lantern, the animated series, episode 22. After that, we will be covering two new DC Nation shorts, finally, and a new episode of Young Justice Invasion, season 2, episode 16. And we will be ending that episode with Smallville season 11, issue 34, Haunted chapter 8. Nice. Nice. And... Is it only one short next week? Because I thought they were doing another vibe. Well, let me check. Uh, It looks like, what would that be, the 16th? Yes. Yep, it's just Amethyst level 5, and vibe is a third airing. Co-hom. The week after that, though, two Animal Man and Destination Farm Build. I mean, I think the Animal Man ones are repeats, but we could probably cover them anyway. Animal Man! It's just so good. Do you saw that sound clip of your sister? I think somewhere, yeah. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. Good times. That was the beginning of DC Nation, for those of you who yes. don't remember. Those of you who are with us, our first ten episodes, there you go. And those for those of you anxiously awaiting our next exciting episode of DC Nation, we can hold you over by you guys listening to our other podcasts. We've got ATA Retro Reviews, 
which covers TV shows that were canceled or went out on their own terms. Well, we'll see about that. We may be changing that up. To what? Well, Wu and I are thinking possibly that we may cover movies and just do each episode on an older movie or a movie that we really like talking about. ATA movie reviews, I guess, are covered soon. Well, it'd still be retro reviews, but yeah, nonetheless. If you do something like really obnoxious or like not a good movie that it's fun to rip on, like Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Well, or th- I'm, I'm thinking Batman maybe... And Robin. I'm thinking maybe the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh. <laughs> see, I might have to be on a couple of these episodes. You might have to. Because that, oh, yeah. Well, see, I still have to talk to Wu about it. That's not final yet, but Oh, hopefully. that's a fun movie to rip on. I know. Oh, man. Yeah, exactly. So we may be doing that. Oh, that's 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 kind of... Ho- hopefully Batman 89 at some point. Yeah, that could be fun, too. Uh, but... Also, you can check out Across the Airways. That's, you know, our original podcast that this website and everything else is named after. Got there, you can check out all our reviews on live action shows that are currently airing on TV. Can we cover Person of Interest, What's Upon a Time, Castle, The Following, White Collar, Justified, Big Bang Theory, Modern Family, Arrow, Bones, and a whole lot more. Hopefully Continuum and Walking Dead soon. Yes, and that's coming soon. We're covering all sorts of great stuff. So we're going to be talking about those on the podcast, on that podcast. So check all that out. But also we have ATA Longbow Hunters, the Arrow podcast, which covers episodes of the hit CW TV series in greater detail. Because that's, of course, hosted by Michael and his partner in crime, Wu Kim. And I think Andy is joining them this week. Next week for Dodger. Week. This week's Odyssey episode is just him and I. Can his Odyssey feature the appearance of Roy Harper? No, Dodger does. Dodger does. That's why he's going to be on that one. So Dodger, in two weeks, will be an episode that you Young Justice fans may enjoy. So it's Roy Harper will be appearing on there. But also check yeah. out Odyssey because that's going to be a good episode too. Oh, yeah, it will. And, oh, yeah. And Longbow Hunters is a lot of fun, so listen to that as well. Yep, we cover everything from the Arrow TV show, the Arrow Digital Comics, to Green Arrow Comics in the New 52, So, which we started doing uh, last week with Green Arrow 17. And whatever else Wu decides to talk about. Yes, yes. whatever else we decide to, well, Wu decides to rant about, but yes. Yes. Also, and if you'd Wu. like to contact us with any of your theories about Young Justice, Green Lantern, DC Comics in general, or if you want to comment on any of the other stuff, we cover on Across the Airwaves. You can contact us by visiting our website at www.acrosstheairwaves.com. Go there, you can email us at acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. Again, that's acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. Also, to stay updated, got our podcast episode releases. Got to follow the news that my co-host on Across the Airwaves, Nico, finds every week. You can follow us on Facebook by clicking the like button on our website. For that same information, you can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter is Across Airwaves. There's no thought there. It's just Across Airwaves. Or you can join our circle on Google+. Also, if you'd like to be a part of our show in a voice capacity, you can leave us a voicemail that we could play on air. What number can you call to do that, Michael? 
1773-809-3363. That is 1773-809-3363. Got with that number, just give us a call. Leave us a comment or a question. If you have about any of the shows we cover on this podcast, and we will answer your voicemail and play it on air if you feel comfortable with us doing that. Also, if you'd like, you can check out our YouTube channel, which features all sorts of previews and promos for upcoming events, including our upcoming DC Nation uh, live show, which will be taking place at 11 o'clock Central Time, right? Yeah, because I think they'll give the West Coast people enough time, right? On the day that the final episodes, the season or series finales of Young Justice and Green Lantern, the animated series air. So check that out. Spread the word. There should be a promo for that again showing up on our YouTube channel. Also on our YouTube channel, you can check out all sorts of previews and promos for upcoming movies, including The Lone Ranger, Star Trek Into Darkness, Man of Steel, G.I. Joe Retaliation, and a whole lot more. Also um, on our YouTube channel, we have a playlist of all the DC Nation shorts that we discuss here on the podcast. So check those out as well. And if you don't want to go back through this podcast to listen to all the ways you could contact us, you could download our Podcast Box app, which will let you listen to our podcast on your iPad and iPhone and contact our podcast in that way as well. You can also, if you're on an Android device, you can contact us and listen to our podcast episodes by downloading our Android app which is available by clicking the link on the right-hand side of our webpage. So once again, for our ATA core members, Nico Reifstech, Andy Babak, Ken Wu Kim, I'm Dan Schmidt. And I'm Michael J. Petty. And until our next episode, we will catch you on the airwaves. See you guys. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you enjoyed all the episodes of Green Lantern, Young Justice, and Smallville we got this week. See ya. Now return to our regularly scheduled program.